Well, good morning, morning. Welcome to Restoration Church. For those of you who don't know, my name is Andrew. I'm the family ministries pastor today, and uh, I'm lucky to be uh, kicking off our series, Influence, that Pastor Nate started kind of last week with Vision Sunday, but we're really kicking in to high gear today. And so I'm so excited to, to talk about this, to, to really understand what, it, what do we mean when we say influence. And so when, when I first started thinking about this, I was like, man, knowing that this sermon series was coming up, knowing that influence was going to be, you know, the subject of it, I started growing out my beard because as they say, the wiser the man, the longer the beard. So uh, I decided to, to get into it. But influence, when I say that word, I really had to make myself, I really had to come up with a thought process. I was thinking through this, like, what, what is influence? What does it mean to, to have influence? And I kind of like mentally came across this statement, and it's this. It's life is influence realized. So what does that mean? It sounds, it sounds nice. It's catchy. But it means something bigger than that. Life is influence realized. See, I think everything around us is defined by influence. Everything you see, everything you do, it's defined by some sort of influence. And so think of it this way. Why do we have tides in the ocean? Well, it's a combination of the influence of gravity and the moon. It causes the ocean to rise and fall. Our planet is warmed by the influence of the sun. Its rays heat up the uh, atoms in our atmosphere and allow us to, allows it to sustain life. Uh, our cars run on the influence of a combustion engine. Inside of your engine, there's gas that's exploding, which causes a piston to move, which allows you to go forward. Everything we do is somehow related back to influence. Think about it. The reason you work is because of the influence of the monetary system on your life. That's why you get up. That's why you go to work. That's why you suffer in a job you may hate. It's because of the influence of money on your life. You eat because of the influence of your body. Your body tells you when it's hungry. It tells you when it's full. It tells you when, man, it's just craving a delicious whoopie pie or snack. That influence is ever-present. We even stay on the ground of this planet because of the influence of gravity. We can't just jump and leap into outer space because there's an influence on us. So life is influence realized. It's everything influential that's happening. It's, you know, it's, it's that constant, you know, but today we're going to talk about the idea of an influence you have an impact on. See, all of those other things, we can't really influence them. They're realities of life. They're immu immutable truths in some way. They can't be changed. We can't change the laws of gravity. We can't change the tides. We can't, we can't affect these things consciously. But today, we're going to talk about an influence that you can affect, that you can change, that you can interact with, and that's your influence with those around you. I think it's epitomized in that classic phrase all of our moms have said to us at one time or another, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you? You've all heard it. It's influence. And many of you may say to me, I don't have any influence over anything. Listen, nobody listens to me. Nobody cares about what I have to say. Nobody ever pays any attention. Listen, my spouse doesn't listen to me half the time. How can you say I have influence? Well, I'm here to tell you that you are an influential person. You are influential. You do have influence. 
You don't have to be the CEO of some major corporation. You don't have to be the president of the United States. You don't have to be your own boss at work to be influential. The way we can understand this is, ask any new parent how influential their new baby is. It can't speak, it can't walk, it can't feed itself, but it has more influence than the president ever will. You are influential. Remember that. Walk out of here today knowing you're influential. You have relationships that that you have influence in. And so this leads us to the first point of what influence is. I think we can define it this way. Influence is relationship. All of us have relationships in some way. All of us, whether we're a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, a spouse, a coworker, an acquaintance, we have relationships. And just by that existing, we have influence. Influence is relationship. Uh, a story from my life where I remember using my influence, probably not to the best means, but I used my relationship to do something influential. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, I am the oldest of six kids. So I have five younger siblings. And so one of the things that that is, is it, it just gave me natural influence. I'm the oldest brother. If you ask any of my siblings, when I say something, it matters more than one of the younger ones say it because I am the oldest. I have a weight of authority just by the nature of when I was born. I am influential in their lives in some way, some shape, or form. And one of the things that came out of this, one time when I think I might have been like 11 years old, uh, me and my brother, it was a Sunday morning, and we went to church, and when church ended, we walked outside, and it was a really windy day, like incredibly windy, like one of those days where, you know, your kids, they're, they're like opening their jackets so they can like jump and flow back and things like that. You can barely walk forward, and we were having so much fun, and so we get in the car, and as we're driving home, me and my brother are sitting there. He was probably like eight or nine at the time, and we start talking. We're like, you know what would be really cool if we made like cardboard wings for one of us and jumped off the roof. I wonder if we would be able to fly. So me, being the oldest brother, began to use my influence to convince my little brother that, yeah, this is going to work. So I made arguments. I was like, well, listen, you're lighter. It makes sense. If you jump first and you fly, then I would do it because I'm the heavier one. So it just makes sense. And so we began to have this conversation in the back seat of the car on the way home. And we get home and we found cardboard and I got some duct tape and we built him wings. And so we go out into the backyard and I, you know, I lift him up onto the roof. About, it was like, it, luckily it wasn't our actual roof. It was like 10 feet in the air. I wasn't that confident in my assumption that we would fly. But I convinced him like, hey, this is going to work. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. And so he gets up on the roof and we put cardboard wings on him and he leaps with all the confidence that his brother would never lie to him off of the roof. And surprisingly, he did not fly. Still trying to figure that one out. On the ground. <laughs> so there he is. So there, there was a moment when I, as a brother, used my influence to impact the way my sibling was living out his life. 
We all have influence. We are all influential. You as a parent are influential. You as a brother are influential. You as a coworker are influential. Because influence is relationship. And today we're going to look at a story of someone who is incredibly influential in the Bible. It's a really interesting story. And so as I looked through of some, some people who, who I saw you know, be influential in their everyday life, I came across the story that I really want to share with you today. And that's the story of Joseph. So it's an Old Testament story. It's from the book of Genesis. And if you don't know it, what we're going to do is we're going to do like a Cliff Notes version of his entire life. This is several chapters in Genesis. And I'm going to like give you an overview of, of what happens in this story, where, where it goes, and, and who Joseph is. So Joseph was the son of Jacob. So Jacob had 12 sons. Uh, I think he had this time he had 12 kids. And um, he was the, the youngest. He was the youngest son, but he was also the favorite. So I understand this as the oldest sibling. I remember what it was like when the youngest baby would come and how all of a sudden the entire world revolved around them. If you're that youngest sibling, you don't know, but you did steal your older sibling's love, and I want you to know that today. <laughs> but <laughs> this is the reality. Joseph was the favorite son. And, and there's one thing you should never do as the favorite son, and that's brag. And so Joseph, as the youngest son, he, he one day, he had a dream. And in this dream, he saw all of his, he saw, God gave him a dream, and he saw all of his siblings bowing down to him. All of his siblings being subjected to his rule. And so what he does is he goes out and he kind of brags to his siblings that he's had this dream. He says, look at, look at this. One day, all of you will bow before me. And let me tell you, as the oldest brother, if my sibling ever said that to me, man, we would have some issues. I, it's like one of those things where it's like, I remember you being in the hospital. I remember holding you as a baby. I remember, I remember watching you run around naked. And you're going to tell me you're going to rule over me one day? No, that's not happening. And so I understand how all of a sudden there's some tension in the family when the youngest sibling comes and starts bragging about how he's going to be the greatest and the best and the biggest and the strongest one day. But then his siblings do something absolutely reprehensible. After this bragging, after this situation, they take him out into the wilderness and they beat him and they throw him in a well and they sell him into slavery. And they pretend that he died. So upon entering slavery, Joseph is brought to Egypt and he's brought to the house of a man named Potiphar. And while there as a slave, he begins to work and begins to elevate his status in Potiphar's house because of his work ethic, because of his ability to lead, because of his ability to influence those around him. And it actually, we find out in chapter 39, verse 4, that after Potiphar placed him in his house, that it pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Joseph rose to second in command from being a slave. It actually says somewhere else in Genesis that the only thing Potiphar worried about was what he was going to eat for dinner that night. Joseph had elevated himself using the relationships and the influence he had in his life. But unfortunately, 
It doesn't all go well for him. Because he's young and attractive and now a powerful man, Potiphar's wife takes an interest in him. So she tries to seduce him. And Joseph, being a man of honor, refuses to fall for that and attempts to, uh, attempts to flee from her, to keep himself from uh, stepping over the boundaries of his master's relationship. But she uses this situation to lie and say that he attacked her. So Potiphar, very angry, has Joseph thrown in prison. So Joseph goes from being a slave to being second in command to even a worse situation as a prisoner. But he doesn't allow that to stop him. He begins to use his influence again. He begins to form relationships with the other prisoners. He begins to form relationships with the prison guards. And he actually gets put in charge of the prison. It says in chapter 39, verse 22, Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. He rose himself to a new, a new position of authority. And in the midst of this, he met someone. He met the old cupbearer of the king, of the pharaoh of Egypt. And when he met the cupbearer the cup of Pharaoh, he, he began to talk to him. And the cupbearer had a dream. And he said, I don't know what this dream means. And Joseph said, this is what it means. It means that in three days, Pharaoh is going to take you back and you're going to be his cupbearer again. And if this comes true, don't forget about me. Remember me in the prison. And it turns out that he was right. The cupbearer was brought before the Pharaoh. He was pardoned of, uh, of his supposed crime, and he was made the cupbearer again. And then he forgets about Joseph and leaves him in prison for two more years. Then one day the Pharaoh has a dream, and no one can understand what it means. And the cupbearer remembers, there's a man in prison who can interpret your dream. Let's bring him, bring him before you. So Joseph comes in, and the Pharaoh tells him his dream, and Joseph says, well, I can't interpret it, but God can. And Pharaoh is so impressed with the interpretation that in chapter 41, verse 42, it says, Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then, Joseph, then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second in command, and wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt. And the Pharaoh said to him, I am the Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. This is an amazing example of influence being relationship. See, Joseph was elevated to his status merely because of the people that he knew. He, he had a good work ethic. He was uh, honorable among those around him. The only reason he ever came before Pharaoh was because of a relationship he had, because he had influenced someone life. And that's why you are an influential person too. You have that power to influence the lives of those around you. See, Joseph did it with the slaves who were his co-workers. He did it with the prisoners who were around him. He didn't worry about the situation that he was in. He didn't worry about how little power he had. Man, he didn't care. He knew that he had influence, and all he cared about was using it to the best of his ability. Influence is relationship. See, and then something else is happening here. Another, another point we can understand about influence that's going on is it's not just relationship, but influence is a choice. 
Joseph had a decision to make at every turn about what he was going to do with the influence he was given. Man, as a slave and as a prisoner, he had every right to do nothing. Man, could you imagine yourself in that situation? Maybe you feel like that on a day-to-day basis. You feel powerless. You feel worthless. You feel influential-less. But Joseph did not allow that to define the life he was going to live. He looked at every situation and said, I'm going to use my influence in the best way that I can. See, influence is a choice. And many of us struggle with this idea. I think this, this is where a lot of us kind of, we, we, we may recognize that we have influence in relationships. We may recognize that we're in influential positions. But at this influence is a choice moment, we kind of, this is where we get pushed off track. And why is that? See, because I think many of us think that influence, by not, without, without doing anything, that that's okay. We can, we can kind of give up our influence. We can, we can let it pass. So like when we see a situation where we could be influentialist and we don't interact or interrupt or uh, insert ourselves into it, we think that, that that's, that's, that's okay, that we can just let these things pass us. And that it's not use, we're not using influence in a negative way. But, but I don't think this is a reality. And so to give you a better understanding, um, we're going to talk about Burger King. Um, so I don't know if you've seen this, but recently Burger King came out with a new series of ads. And, and I think it's really fascinating what they did. They, their, their whole ad was uh, um, about bullying, essentially. And the way it worked was they set up hidden cameras in, in, many, in, in one of their stores, and they had customers come in. And when the customers were in, one of two things would happen to them. So one, they would sit there, and as they're sitting there waiting for their food, they would see these teenagers bullying another teenager. And I mean, not just like picking on him, but relentlessly making fun of him, like saying how worthless he is, how he's garbage, dumping, like dumping his drink into his food, watching this, you know, and and all of this. And so they they would watch this, this bullying unfold while they're waiting for their food. And if they didn't see the bullying, what would happen is the Burger King would, as their food was being prepared, they would bully their food. So they'd take their food, they'd open it up, and like the guy would punch the burger like five times. And so when they get their food, the burger is completely destroyed. And so Burger King wanted to see how many people would act in the situation where the teenager was being bullied, and how many people would act in the situation where their own food was being bullied. They wanted to see how many people use their influence only when it affects them. The statistics that came back were pretty depressing. 95% of people complained about the burger. They went up to this counter and said, uh, my burger's messed up. I need, I need a new one. 12% of people interacted with the teenager. 12% said something. All adults, all capable of being influential, only 12% chose to do anything. See, this is where our influence goes wrong. Many of us use our influence only when it affects us. Many of us use our influence only when it helps us achieve something. 
Many of us won't step in when our influence is needed most. See, I think it's summed up like this. When you're silent, your influence is being used by someone else. When you're silent in a wrong situation, it's not you choosing not to use influence, it's someone else hijacking it and you being complicit in it. And how many times have we been party to this situation where we've sat there at work and we've seen, you know, one coworker being bashed or we've seen coworkers making fun of our boss or we've seen uh, people being overly negative about the work environment that they're in and instead of saying anything, we just accept it. We just say, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to grind through the day. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to make my money and go home. In that moment, you have made a choice. And it's to let someone else use your influence. See, Joseph in this story, he doesn't care that someone else reaps the benefits of his influence. Look at this. In every situation, Potiphar, his house was in order. That's better for Potiphar than it'll ever be for Joseph. In the prison, the prison guards are getting raises and getting financial compensation and being rewarded. That's better than Joseph will ever get. And when Pharaoh is celebrated for Egypt being ruled well, that's better than Joseph will ever achieve. But Joseph doesn't care about that. He doesn't care if his influence only affects himself. He allows his influence to be used by others so that they can be brought into positions of power and be excelled into the the next spot that they're supposed to be. And and he doesn't care. And that's that's the choice we have to make. We have to choose that our influence isn't just going to be used for selfish desires, but our influence is going to be used to make a positive difference in this world. See, we all accept the fact that we have influence. We all have it. We can't deny that. But the choice we have to make is how will we use it? Are your kids going to like you when they're adults? Or are they going to talk about you in therapy? Are you going to have a good relationship with your siblings? Or are you never going to speak to each other again? Are you going to work your hardest and make your way in a company even when the odds are stacked against you? Are you going to content yourself to a life where you never achieve what you know you're capable of? How is it that you want to use your influence? What's the choice you are going to make? And the final thing we're going to talk about is influence is eternal. Influence is eternal. See, one of the great things and amazing things about influence is that it doesn't merely affect today. The choices you make right now aren't just going to reset all over tomorrow. The choices you make now affect all time. Your kids are going to outlive you, and their kids are going to outlive them. And the choices you make in raising them are going to affect who they are. The way you conduct yourself is going to affect how your workplace goes for not just today or tomorrow, but for longer than you can imagine. And the biggest thing, I think, for those of us who are Christians and believe that death is not the end, but a beginning, your influence doesn't just affect you now, but it affects all time.
It continues to go on. We are influential people in the fact that we believe the way we interact with those around us doesn't just impact them for this life, but impacts them for eternity. I was interested in this idea of influence and it being eternal, and, and I tried to come up with how we can understand it. And so I love science and I love rocketry. When I was a kid, I wanted to be an aerospace engineer. And so I found this way of understanding it almost through a scientific perspective. And it has to do with being one degree off. So imagine with me, you want to go somewhere in a straight line. You want to walk from here to the back of that room. And so instead of being like right on, I just move over one degree and start walking. How much will that affect where I end up? And so here are some things that happen. After walking one foot, being off by one degree, you're 0.2 inches off of your end destination. It's not a big deal. It's one foot, it's 0.2 inches. After 100 yards, you're off by about 5.2 feet. Still right there, still close. After a mile, you're off by 92 feet. If you were go, to go from San Francisco to L.A., you're off by six miles. If you went from San, San Francisco to Washington, D.C., one degree off, you would miss it by 42.6 miles. If you decided to travel around the globe from D.C. back to D.C., you were off by one degree you would miss it by 435 miles and end up in Boston. If you tried to travel to the moon, you were off by one degree. You would miss it by 4,169 miles. That's over twice the size of the moon. If you tried to go to the sun, you would miss it by one degree. 0.6 million miles. It's over twice the size of the sun. If you traveled to the nearest star, being off by just one degree, you would miss it by 441 billion miles. If we really say that we believe that life continues after death and we are just a degree off with our influence, with, with who we are, with the journey we're taking, man, all of a sudden, it makes a big difference. The little choices we make today make massive differences in the life we live, the life of those around us. And that may be scary, that may be terrifying, See, there's something really cool that's happening with all of these ideas and thoughts. And you may not even be sold on this God thing, but you understand that influence is a relationship, that influence is a choice. And maybe it's eternal, maybe not. But what you do, the way you affect your kids, that, that'll outlive you. That'll last longer than you can imagine. But see, as Christians, we believe something. We believe something big. We believe that we are not the first people the first creatures to have influence in this world. There was a God who had influence far before we ever did. See, and one of the greatest things that ever happened was that in, in, in influence is a choice. God made a choice. 
he used his influence to make a choice. He looked at us, he looked at us who were far from him, who were, maybe we were one degree off, maybe we were four degrees off, maybe we're 180 degrees off and going the other way. But he looked at us and he made a choice and he said, my choice is that I am going to have a relationship with them. His influence was a choice to send his son. It was a choice to send Jesus to begin a relationship that would be eternal. And 2,000 years ago, that choice came into reality, that choice became real, and that relationship was formed. When a man walked on this earth who was God, and he made an eternal difference. So that never again would we ever be far from him, never again would we be off by even one degree, but instead we would be set on a line that would end us in the place we were meant to go. That is the power of of influence that is the power of relationship that is the power of a choice and that is the power of eternity my little brother and I despite me making him jump off a roof I never knew how much influence I had in his life I always wondered and maybe, maybe you understand that you always wondered does this person even listen to me when I talked to them. Two years ago, when I was about to start my senior year at college, my little brother made the decision to come to the same college that I went to. And in that moment, all questioning, all wondering, all ifs of if I have, a, if I have any type of influence, if I have a relationship, were shattered in my mind because in that moment with all of the country to choose from with all of the schools to chose, choose from my little brother said I am going to follow my older sibling I'm going to follow him on the journey he has taken and that's when I realized how powerful influence is there are people following you. You may not feel like it. You may not realize it, but there are people following you. And you are influential. How do you want to use it? What do you want to do with that today? When you walk out of here, who do you, who do you think is never listening but might actually be? Which child do you think you're never getting through to? but who values every word you say? Which coworker do you think wants nothing to do with you? But you have influence in their life. So today as we reflect and as we think, we're gonna work through the idea of what influence has God given you? What influence have you cultivated? Maybe you'll write it down, maybe you'll pray about it, maybe you'll just tell a friend about it, but say, you know what, I think I need to use my influence to do this. I think I need to use my influence to invite this person to church. I think I need to use my influence to fix this relationship with a, a broken family member. I think I need to use my influence when I'm at work and not ne let negativity perforate my workspace. I need to make a difference. I'm not going to let my silence be used against me. I'm not going to let someone else hijack my influence because God gave it to me for a reason. 
you're new here today or you're not even sold on this God thing, today when you pray, when you think, you're going to say, God, are you real? Is your influence a reality in this world? Have you done something that I've never thought about before? Begin to pray that. God, if your influence is real, let me know. Let me know. I want to start a relationship. I want to see what's going on. I want to know what it is that they're talking about, what they're so excited about, what they're praising about. God, are you real? Is your influence a reality? Those are the questions we're going to ask today as we think through that. God, what do you want me to do with my influence? God, is your influence real? man, today, some people who are a degree off, four degrees off, 90 degrees off, you're going to get reset. You're going to say, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm meant to do. I know what I'm meant to be. I know where I'm supposed to go. Because God, your influence is real. If you'll bow your heads with me, God, we pray that in this moment that you begin to use the influence you have given us in a way we can't even begin to imagine whether it be be to change a relationship with our kids or with our spouse or with our family members, that, God, you you let us realize that we have influence in this world and, and we have to make a choice with it. You've entrusted it to us. God, let us use our influence to begin to right ourselves. God, there are people following us and we want to walk the straightest line possible so that they don't end up in the wrong place. God, help us use our influence today. In your name we pray, amen. The band is gonna play and just start to reflect, start to think, man, how can I use my influence today? So thank you. Thank you for using your influence. Just by showing up here today, you are influencing. So thank you for that. And we will see you next week.